Good evening, Wool Gatherers, and welcome to episode 160 of Wanderings of Wool Gathering. On tonight's episode, we're going to be looking at the latest record from Metric called Formentera 2. Um, I guess 1 and 2 were written together over the COVID times, and they released them separately. So we're looking at the second one tonight, Formentera 2. We're also going to look at a new song by the Rolling Stones. It's the first song or album I think they put out in 18 years, maybe, and it's the first without Charlie Watts on drums. He passed in 2021, so that kind of sucks. But uh, the song's good, so that's good. And uh, Lady Gaga and Stevie Wonder have joined him on the song we're going to talk about tonight. After that, or before that, we're going to be talking about songs that, um, really hard, fast songs that would be cool if they were slower, maybe turned into ballads, however you might look at that. But um, hard songs, slow down, that would be very cool. If you like what you see in here tonight, subscribe and leave a comment. Feel free to share with your friends and smash that like button, as the kids say. Joining me, as always, is Metalhead. Step inside into his mind. It's boy band time. It's Metalhead Monday. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Is that what we're doing? We're trying to say things like the kids say. Yeah, I, got, I I don't want to smash a like button myself because I might pull a muscle. Getting kind of yeah, that, I feel like that'll that. that'll go well. Try to work in the <laughs> newfangled slang lingo. <laughs> we gotta smash like buttons. <laughs> Just like us. That's all I want. Oh man, audience participation that would be good. That would be good. It'd be fun. So, I think in the future when we do our challenges, we're gonna put them out beforehand in case anybody wants to join. I had a couple of. Uh, challenges thrown in tonight from some folks. I'll share those. Oh, cool. But, um, it would definitely be fun to have some audience participation again. Yep. So uh, what's good before we get started? Um. Well, the only thing, like, I kind of I kind of want to mention this, uh, the Taylor Swift bringing her Eras tour to theaters. And, you know, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. Her music is not for me. I, I appreciate everything she's doing. Uh, I mean, she is uh, an industry and an economy unto herself. It seems like, I mean, I, I think she's made about a billion dollars with this era's tour. Or, or I don't know if she's made personally or generated that much, but and, you know, there's been stories about her, like, taking care of, you know, her drivers and people that work for her and stuff. And that's, you know, you're doing it right. That's cool. Be a good person. Um, but, you know, I saw something the other day. So this era's tour movie, right? Mm -hmm. So the pre-sales, I mean, are breaking all kinds of records. Pre-sales sold well over a hundred million dollars, which is insane. Mm -hmm. And and I love what she did with it because she went, she skipped the movie studios. She had it made, everything ready to go, filmed it all herself, put it together, packaged it, presented it to all these different movie studios. They all passed, which is insane to me. So yeah. she was like, "Cool, <clears throat> don't need you." went directly to the distributors 
So Undercut, all these studios went directly to distributors. She gets a lot more money because she doesn't have to split mm-hmm. it with them. So good on her. Smart businesswoman. But I saw a clip of this this era's tour movie playing. And there were tons of people in this movie theater standing up, dancing around, singing and screaming along. Maybe I'm just a bitter, angry old man. Mm-hmm. You are. But That's okay. If I pay to see a movie and that happened, I I, I would <laughs> refund. Oh, I would lose my ever loving <laughs> mind. Oh my gosh, that that is like my perfect nightmare mm-hmm. scenario. <laughs> I have I have yelled at people for talking in movies. Now, I'm not exaggerating. I have yelled at people. I scared a little girl one time because I was yelling at somebody behind her. So, you know, I, I just, I mean, I'm all for being a fan. I'm a fan of a lot of things. There's a time and a place to act that way. And in a movie theater, unless someone is acting out the movie, you know, like the whole Rocky Horror thing. No, no. No way. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I don't understand the whole Swifty movement. Um, I just don't get it. And you know, good on her, right? I mean, if somebody's able to do it, um, I just I guess in the the current market, it's so hard for bands to make it because they don't sell records. They don't make money on music hardly anymore, and the what they get from streaming services so is so little. So you've got to be able to tour. And then you've got somebody like her who is just killing it on tour. She can sell out multiple places or, you know, the, the same place multiple nights. She's got this movie. And then we 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 know bands that we like, you know, King's X and those kind of things, been around forever. Good, strong bands. Can't make, struggle to make a living doing music. It's just such a weird environment we live in. I don't, yeah. I, I don't really, I mean, I agree with you, but I don't really think about that too much like then you start you start getting into the conversation about like what's fair and what's not and Mm -hmm. that's all subjective like a band that i love someone else might not taylor swift is not my thing millions of people obviously adore her it's cool fine no problem um but yeah i just like and uh i don't i don't know who made that comment about paying for a concert they couldn't afford that's fine, but you're still in a movie theater. You are not at a live concert. Taylor can't hear you singing along. You're <laughs> dancing in the in your seat. So, you know, I don't know. It, that that just <clears throat> oh, man, I don't I for me like a movie theater, I guess is kind of a sacred place. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, it is oh Gosh, that would I would immediately just leave because I mean it was like half the theater was doing that and I'm like nope I'm out. <laughs> I guess it's in this it's an experience it's not a movie so who knows. I guess I don't I don't understand it I yeah and I'm the grumpy old man too because I'm the same person who whines because they don't have any music groups that I like play the Super Bowl. You watch any award show, yeah. the people I like never are on those shows. So I think we've just aged out of 
yeah, any of that stuff. So yeah, that's fine. It's fine. I I don't care about any of that. It just the the movie going thing really just got me for some reason. Yeah. I saw that clip and I was just like, whoa. <laughs> well, These you're are not my people. I, I'm right on this completely across the board. My my <laughs> thoughts should be taken as gospel. So. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying, but. I guess the Swifty thing is not for us, pal. Hey, man. More power to them. I guess. All right. Well, that's probably enough. <laughs> enough grumbling for one yeah. night. We have music yeah, yeah. to talk about. Yeah. And um, a lot of music that I think we like. So mm-hmm. let's get rolling. Let's do uh, Let's do Rolling Stones first. We'll okay. do our challenge, and then we'll get into um, the actual album that we're reviewing tonight. Um, I love the Stones growing up. And then, of course, it became kind of hit and miss what they were doing. Um, you know, their production, you know, dropped off as they got older. I mean, Mick Jagger's 80 years old now. Charlie Watts passed away two years ago. Um, I've seen, I saw him in concert, so I'm thrilled with that. You know, that mm-hmm. would be a bucket list thing if not. But I did see them. It was at uh, the Hoosier Dome. Is it the Steel Wheels tour? Hmm. <sighs> Okay, the it had uh, Counting Crows opening. I'd have to look back. Might remember. have been later than Steel Wheels. Then it was uh, was it in the early nineties? I think. Yeah, well, it had to been. I think it was in ninety three or four. Yeah. And, uh, but the the sound there is terrible. I mean, sure. I never saw a concert in the dome, but with that vinyl roof blown up, you know, it was not. Yeah. For your acoustics, but um, I'm, I was thrilled that I got to see him and. When I saw that they had some new material out, I thought, uh, you mm-hmm. never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Yes. Surprise. The first song, there are two songs, actually. And Angry was the first one. And it's pretty standard Stones fare. Nothing great. Nothing bad. Just yep. kind of what it is. But this one, The Sweet Sounds of Heaven, it was written mm-hmm. by Mick and uh, Keith. And it has uh, Lady Gaga singing on it, which is really yep. cool. Stevie Wonder playing instruments. So very cool, bluesy yeah. song. Um, yeah, my, my history with the stones is not like, you know, we've said before, neither one of us is, are huge Beatle fans. Um, uh, the stones is one of those bands that I, I, my dad was a very big Beatles fan and I, you know, I don't really remember him listening to the stones that much. Um, I kind of found them on my own and the first memory of the stones that I really have is uh, seeing the video for start me up Mm -hmm. and was that 81 or two, probably something like that. Yeah. And you know, I, I started watching MTV as soon as it started. So I was like five, six years old and I was all about it. And uh, yeah, that was kind of what got me into them. And then, you know, just kind of, I don't go super deep on them, but I enjoy the stones and uh, yeah, this it's cool that they're still making music and yeah, real hit or miss over the years with the, you know, more current stuff, but yeah, this song's pretty killer and it's man, it's a long one too. Over seven minutes. You know, what's interesting is the last two minutes is maybe my favorite part of the song. And that's where you get the heavy focus on the piano. Yeah. And then Mick and Lady Gaga going back mm-hmm. and forth singing. I thought that was really a cool moment yeah. in the song. 
uh, she's really, I, at first I was like, okay, Mick sounds really good. He's, this is some of the best vocals I've heard him, but I'm like, where's Gaga? <laughs> you know, we're a couple yeah. of minutes in and then when she hits, it's like, ah, there we go. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Cause they use her as almost like a, a background, mm-hmm. you know, the, which they have done many times, uh, very famously. So it's kind of cool to see her step into that role. And then, you know, through the song, she kind of comes forward and s- drops back and mm-hmm. very, very cool. And yeah, the, the end, the last couple of minutes, it, it's like, they're just kind of trading runs, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, they sound great together. And I, I don't know, man, Gaga's really cool. She makes some interesting choices and she works with some interesting people that she's obviously, you know, big fans of everybody from, the Stones to Tony Bennett to Metallica, you know, like it's it's pretty cool. She makes some interesting choices. I, I like her better than Taylor Swift. Yeah. yeah well, me too. Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> no, she's amazing. She is such a good vocalist and, and she can perform with everybody, like you said. And I'm kind of yeah. curious, too, because when this record comes out, Paul McCartney's on it. And uh, cool. I, I didn't go find out what song it was or anything, but I'm definitely going to do a deep dive on the record when it comes out. I'm kind of curious now. This was really yeah. good. Yeah. Well, we might have to talk about it on here. We just gave it two thumbs up, everybody. And that good says song. really nothing. But you should, you should check this song out. So. Yeah. All right. Stones, good work. And now we're on to the challenge this week. And the challenge is take a song that's hard, it's fast. Yep. Scale it back. Make it a slow song. Could be about. Yeah. Didn't have to be. Um, and and I think the challenge was to pick two, and I picked three. And I will tell you that my wife gave me the idea. We had a couple other ideas, but they they were longer. It was going to take a lot longer, so we're going to hold on to those for later. But um, she came up with this, and then she's like, "Oh, you know, what a perfect song is Boys Don't Cry from The mm-hmm. Cure." Yeah, and I was, and then I, you look at the first, uh, the first verse. I would say I'm sorry if I thought it would change your mind, but I know that this time I've said too much, been too unkind. Mm-hmm. Straight up ballad, <laughs> like oh, yeah. it works perfect if you slow that one down. Absolutely, so she was spot on with that song. So, uh, what's one you came up with? Um. Do you want to jump into our list or do you want me to talk about my cheat first? Or do you want to do, do that? Do your cheat. Go, go with your cheat. Okay. So when <clears> you <throat> said that, when you presented this challenge, my immediate thought was, I mean, there's a band that does this. So there is a Swedish band called Hell Songs. It's all one word. Hell Songs. And their whole shtick is exactly this. They take uh, classic metal and hard rock songs and turn them basically into folk songs. What? Yes. Oh, and no. it is absolutely amazing. It, okay. uh, they, they, it is gorgeous. Hell Songs is the name of the group. Yes. Wrote it down. Okay. They're absolutely fantastic. I mean, they, do they have they records do... or just do they just put out singles of stuff? Um, no, they have uh, a couple of records. I don't, I, I don't think they've put out any real records for probably close to 10 years. Um, cause they, 
they've had a couple of different uh, their their lead singers uh, female. They've had like several different ones. Um, I think there are a couple of live albums that they put out as well, but I don't think they've actually put out any albums for about ten years. But they are still like they took a long hiatus and they're kind of they're back now doing shows and stuff. So okay, definitely check them out. Awesome, I will do that. All right, what's your first song that you came up with that without the help of Hell Songs? Okay, so I actually had to check to make sure they didn't do this one because they have done a couple of Slayer songs. Mm. But uh, one of Slayer's like hard, really fast songs is called War Ensemble. Mm-hmm. And it is... I mean, the the lyrics are pretty much from the perspective of someone in the middle of warfare. And like uh, the second verse is an infiltration push reserves encircle the front lines, supreme art of strategy playing on the minds, bombard till submission, take all to their graves, indication of triumph, the numbers that are dead. And I feel like you could take this song and slow it down and probably play it in a minor key (laughs) and make it really kind of depressing and melancholy and make it feel like an anti-war song. So what um, would you change the instruments for this to slow it down? Um, I think most of these, most of what I picked is metal or metal adjacent and Mm -hmm. i think i would at least probably turn all of these into acoustic songs of some kind okay so figuring out you know like a different arrangement you know stuff like that and throw in whatever instruments would work you know but at, at the core of pretty much everything i picked it would just turn it into acoustic at least. Okay. Yeah. I, I think acoustic works too, but for two of mine, I specifically chose like a, a traditional piano, like a baby grand. Sure. Um, for the, the proper plunkage. So to speak. I mean, technically an acoustic <clears throat> instrument. Okay. <laughs> True. But I was thinking like acoustic guitars. As yes, of course. Okay. All righty. All right. So I'll, my first one is the only one that's uh, metal. So I'll go ahead and do that one first to just partner with yours. And I chose dead memories from slipknot. Okay. And um, it's not one of their harder ones. Anyway, there is some melodic element to this one, which feeds right into being able to slow it down and have that going on. But I just thought of that first verse sitting in the dark. I can't forget. Even now I realize the time I'll never get another story of the bitter pills of fate. I can't go back again. I can't go back again. I just think slowing that down and putting the emphasis on that, that song would be killer. If yeah. You just made it acoustic and light drumming in the background. So mm-hmm. that, works. that was my first choice. Absolutely works. Mm-hmm. What's your number two? 
Well, I had to go with uh, my boys in Anthrax, and I went with the song from the Bush era of Anthrax, John Bush, gotta love him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a song that they did called Safe Home, and I mean, it's kind of, uh, I mean, it's basically a guy singing to his wife and kind of, you know, basically how um, as crazy as life can get, like you, you will always be my safe home. Like you are what I come home to. This is, you know, the, you are what life is all about for me. You keep me going. You keep me safe. Take care of me. And uh, yeah, the chorus is you have always been my safe home. I walk, I run, I burn out into you. You have always been my safe home. My whole world has moved on. And so, you know. The second verse, I know what I am and I'll always be your reality is better than I could dream, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's basically a love letter to your wife, you know, so but uh, I feel like it's pretty heavy. It's not like super heavy, but make it acoustic, slow it down, rearrange it a little bit. I think that it would be a great song for that style. I mean, it is a great song, but for the style, like what we're talking about, it would work perfectly. When did the Bush era start? What year? Or what uh, Sound of White Noise came out in 93. 93. Okay. Interesting. All right. So you're, so you chose, you chose another one, right? Oh, I have several more. <laughs> <laughs> All metal? Uh, no, actually. Mostly, but no. All right. And we um, don't have to like talk about all of them in depth, but <laughs> I have several more. All right, cool. Um, all right, I'm going to go with my fun one, and then I'm going to go with my the one that first came to my mind. But uh, my fun one is uh, Modern English, I Melt With You, because it's such a bouncy, fun song. But um, the lyrics, uh, I you know, for me, this is one of those songs that whenever I hear it, it feels fresh. It's an evergreen yeah. song for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And of course that, that time frame in, in movies for us with, with all of those fantastic sweet 16 breakfast club, all those, that's like a real sweet spot when you're growing up. And then this song, it, it just, every time I hear it, man, it just, it kills. Yeah. And I think the lyrics fit for it. I think a slowed down version of this could be really fun. I've never heard one. And maybe there's one out there. Cause I think too, with some of these, song or shows where they have people trying to get a contract or whatever singing they try to do these fun interesting things i don't know if everybody anybody's ever done this but they really should if they have not and i would love to hear um i melt with you modern english yeah that'd be a great one all right what you got um i'm trying to pick one since you did three i'm trying to pick one like we could kind of talk about a little bit um well i guess i'll just throw this one out uh separate ways by journey <laughs> it it yeah. is i mean it is 100 a great breakup song and it's one for them i think it's a little more up tempo mm-hmm. and you i don't feel like you would have to do much to it 
other than slow it down. Do you think the vocals would have to change, though? I mean, if you slowed it down, I I don't know that they would have to change much. But but sure, yeah. I mean that that's the thing with changing the style like this. I mean, it's all about the arrangement. So that's mm-hmm. that's something you figure out in the arrangement. Yeah, he just has such a big voice. It's a high voice or whatever. And you think when you slow things down, sometimes it maybe wouldn't fit as well. That'd be interesting. They do ballads though. So yeah. open arms. I mean Yeah, you were right about that. Yeah. That's definitely not a ballad. <laughs> a breakup ballad. <laughs> no, yeah. It's that that separate ways might be my favorite journey song. And it is uh, my son's favorite Journey song. I know that because when we saw them live, he was like, "I'm so glad they played that." So, <laughs> was it with Steve Perry or the other guy? I oh remember. no, we just saw him like a couple of years ago, and it was Arnell. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. All right, so my uh, third choice, top choice, um, I went to the fastest, in the, not fast in like a thrash sense, but. This song is fast and it rolls, and I think the the guitars are layered twenty to thirty times over. It's an insane song. It's Geek USA from Mayonnaise or from Mayonnaise from Smashing Pumpkins. Um, it's from Siamese Dream, and uh, that if you slowed that down, it would just change the song. Are you familiar with the song? Um, I don't think so. You should listen to it. It's got um, the drumming is spectacular, but it's so fast and it just rolls. I mean, it's a song that just rolls along. And so if you slowed it down, I think it would change it immensely. And that's what I thought. Plunking piano. Let's go. Let's have some hardcore piano in there. Yeah. And uh, the lyrics, as most of Billy's are, they're really enigmatic. I mean, you can take yeah. them any direction yeah. that you want, you know, but I think they would work. Um I, I think you could definitely slow it down and make these things work. So I would love to see. Yeah. And I got, uh, I thought about this the other day. I found a high five or high five, low five version of Siamese dream. Okay. And do you listen to it? Well, you're in the, the truck, I guess. So you don't really listen to the lo-fi very much, but it works sometimes mm-hmm. to not annoy everybody in my office. I'll just do lo-fi in the background and it's super chill instrumentals. And they did it with Siamese dream. And when this came on, I was like, ah, this is the best. I can't believe, you know, that this has not been part of my life because it's so cool. Funny. So, yeah. But Geek USA. All right. So let's find out what's on your. Uh, my honorable your, mention your list. Specials list. <laughs> I had another Anthrax song. There's a song called In My World. And it's uh, the lyrics are super moody. It's all about <laughs> like. Uh, kind of a a teenager having to grow up too fast and doing, you know, insulating himself from the outside world and all of that. Uh, The angsty? Very much so. Mm -hmm. Um, What is it? There's a line in it that says, like, uh, nothing touches me. I'm a walking razor blade. You know, (laughs) stuff like that. So, um, uh, Last by Nine Inch Nails. Mm -hmm. I think. I love that is such a monster monster riff. I would like to see somebody kind of rearrange that and slow it down and see what they could do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dead bodies everywhere from corn. <laughs> yeah. It's another very yeah. much like, you know, 
bad childhood, horrible parents kind of thing. You know, I don't know. I just the lyrics alone would be interesting. Um, there's a song from Kill Switch Engage called In Due Time. One of my favorite songs from them. I think it would work with what we're talking about. Aren't um, they about due for a new record, by the way? We did their last one, but it's been a couple of years, I think. Yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> I think so. I, I'm just putting that out there if you're listening. Yeah, you right. start working on one for us. Um, Sacred Reich, one of my favorites from the mm-hmm. 90s. They have a song called Crawling. That uh, It's kind of a really cool, very specific groove. And I think mm-hmm. the lyrics, all of it would work with this. And I had to go with one of my favorite Lamb of God songs. <laughs> 512. All about, you know, Randy being in prison overseas yep. <laughs> and the, the lyrics. I I think this one I think would be hard because the riff is the riffs are very specific. The the his cadence is very specific, but I, the lyrics are so great. I that would be one that I would like to see somebody kind of rearrange into an acoustic song. Be cool. Yeah, as we talk about riffs, one of the things that I think would be cool in a challenge like this is to take the songs that have the heaviest, coolest mm-hmm. riffs. Yeah. How would a how would somebody reinterpret that with different instruments and change it into yep. like a slower version like this? I think that could be really cool. I wish we were talented enough to like Paul and do something like that and like <laughs> challenge each other to like change riffs and yeah. I think that'd be awesome. Sadly, we suck Monday. Yeah, I I really like this challenge, though. Like I said, I could have just kept going. I mean, I I was just scrolling through songs and be like, ooh, maybe, ooh, maybe, (laughs) ooh, maybe. Yeah, well, I'm going to have you, your next challenge is to take one of these songs, and I want you to sing it as slow as you think it should be. Yeah, okay, sure. You guys heard it here first. Monday said, challenge accepted. (laughs) So, all right. Well, um, that was definitely fun, and I can't wait to check out Hell Songs because that sounds like it's pretty cool. So, yes, it is. All right, that is the challenge for this week. Uh, next week, Mr. Monday will have the challenge. Uh, we'll let you know midweek. See if we can get some audience participation. That'd be fun. Um, we actually just started this one yesterday, so we had one day to yeah. come up with our answers. So yeah. I think we did all right. Yeah, man. Oh, oh, we have a Facebook user message. And it's an angry Facebook user. Hmm. Waiting on my Love It If We Made It review, which fits this challenge, by the way. I don't know what that is. That is a Maddie Healy, the 1975 song. And uh, um, so I guess the question is, why would it be good slowed down? We'll see what the uh, Facebook user says. So we did at one point say we would do that song. So maybe next week as a single, we can put Love It If We Made It on the show. Okay. Okay, you got it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at that. We just put the show together on the spot. And that's the 1975, which I'm going to see in November, apparently. Apparently? hmm <laughs> Okay. 
Great. Now let's get to our record today. Um, this is a group that you brought to us because you saw them live. I had no idea who they were. Um, so I'm going to let you introduce Metric. You've seen them live. What? We saw them. They opened up for Smashing Pumpkins in Louisville. Uh-uh. Yes. That was another reason. And I was like, oh, we saw them together. So. Did they Were they out before um, Killing Joke? Wasn't what? Killing Joke? Didn't Killing no. Joke open that one? Nope. Which one did they open? Got this. I, I saw them open for Tool. Killing Joke opened up for Tool. Oh, that's who it was. Okay, that's who it was. Yeah. All right. So I didn't even put that together. Yeah. They, they had them, such a big impression on me at the time. We saw them together open for Pumpkins. And then uh, my wife and I just saw them a couple months ago mm -hmm. open. They were, they was uh, metric garbage and Noel Gallagher. Okay. So I've seen them twice. <laughs> I, I just saw, by the way, didn't Noah Gallagher just get like a 12 thing, uh, 12 night gig at the sphere in Vegas. Or is it the other know. one? Or Liam? Uh, Maybe it was his I don't brother. Know. I just saw Liam Gallagher announced he's going to do some kind of tour or something for the 30th anniversary of one of their albums or something. And I wonder if that's the one that got it. I just can't imagine them being solid enough to get the sphere. But what do I know? So anyway, sorry. Back to metric. Yeah. So, yeah, I like metric that this is I discovered them through the library. Uh, I would go into the library and like borrow a stack of CDs and take them home and rip them all onto the computer and put them on my iPod and all. So that that is how I found them. Um, and I think back then that was like their maybe their second album or something like that. So they've been around for a minute. Um this is Formentera 2, which is a sequel to their album that came out last year, which was coincidentally named Formentera. <laughs> um, listening to the two of them, these two albums back to back, I actually liked Formentera a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, this one, it, it wasn't terrible. I, I feel like there's... A lot of this is kind of like stuff I would enjoy playing in the background. This is not something that I'm going to necessarily gravitate to, to, to be like, Oh, I want to listen to metric. I'm going to put that on and be super into it. But I, I enjoy them. I enjoy their vibe. Um, there's a lot of electronic stuff going on um, along with, you know, regular drum bass guitar vocals um emily haynes i think is a, a very good singer uh i don't think i don't know if they always use her correctly i guess but i mean that's me as an outsider listening for them i'm sure it's exactly what it's supposed <clears throat> to be but uh yeah what how'd you feel about this <laughs> So um, I'm going to be very honest. When I listened to the first two songs, I was like, I, I'm out. Like, I, I, I'm going to struggle to do the show because I, I, I didn't find much to latch on to. There was a lot of electronica there and it bordered on dance music. 
and some of it, yeah, at the beginning, especially detour up, and that is not my thing, and that's no. That's no commentary on them. That's not saying you know anything about their skill level or her singing, which is great. I mean, after listening to the whole record, they're great musicians, and she's a good singer. She sets an atmosphere, I think, with her voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that I happily came on board with the third song, and it slowly grew on me. And by the time I got to um, and I listen, and I, I don't want to say I just listened to it once. I mean, I probably listened to this five times. So it's, yeah. you know, I, I definitely put in my time here, but there was a point where I got to suckers and I was like, all right, they've got a serious silver sun pickup vibe when it's not what? heavily electronic. And, and I, I dig them. So, you know, that kind of grew on me. So yeah, let, let's get started and we'll kind of roll through this a little bit. Um, but it, and the other thing, and so I read this comment and I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect for our show. We always talk about the album opener mm-hmm. and he did make it. One of the uh, bandmates made it a comment about it and said, it's a peppy way to start a record that goes a lot of different places. It's meant to lure you in without giving away too much, which is not always how we usually open records. We usually attempt to jam all the energy of the entire album into the opening. You'll have to be a little more patient this time. I was patient and it paid off for me, and, but it was just a little too dance track heavy for me. I don't, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with the dancey stuff um, and the electronic stuff. I, I have no problem with that. If it's done well, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't think this is a great album opener. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I For exactly the reasons he said, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't, most of the time, I don't want uh, an opening track that I have to be patient with. Like, I want something that's going to pull me in somehow, mm-hmm. what, whatever that may be. But I, I don't feel like this did that. I don't think it's a bad song. I like the bass line. I, you know, her vocals are great. The The beat is, you know, it's kind of a head nodder. It's, you know, it's fine, but... I, I don't think it was a great opener. I concur. So, yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. And I, I like that, that, that he acknowledges they went a different route. So, you know. It, yeah. Kind of. Uh, I don't know. I guess if he'd gone the other way, we'd have been like, oh, yeah, that's a good opener. But um, tried something different. I respect that. That's cool. Yeah. And um, the second song is called Just the Once. And it starts to veer towards where I can pick up, but still for me, it's just not, it's not my thing. Um, still borders too much on dance music. Um, Um, I, I didn't have a problem with that again. I, there's several of these songs that, um, it's, uh, Joshua Winstead is their bass player. He's phenomenal mm -hmm. on this album. Oh, there is a, there's one uh, song in particular that I was like, Oh my God, that bass is just underneath. He he is doing a lot of good work on this album on this song in particular. I enjoyed that. Uh, just the once it has a cool kind of, a kind of break in the middle. That was kind of fun, but yeah, it's very dancey and it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it is fine. But for me, fine. Isn't good enough. But sure. Stone Window is good enough. This is where the album started to take shape for me. Yeah. And um, 
<clears throat> this one had a really cool break in the middle, had a nice guitar solo. It had a really good hook. And at that point too, I, you know, I start to kind of dig into the music and I'm like, okay, now I'm enjoying this. And then I can start looking at the lyrics mm -hmm. and there's a lot of meat in these lyrics. And especially mm -hmm. when you, you kind of go back and go, okay, this was during COVID and they were, as the song says, stuck in the malaise. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going on here. And I thought for me, this was the album opener because this is where I really got engaged. Yeah. Um, the synths at the beginning are kind of cool and it, it kind of slowly kind of slips into a really cool groove that carries the song. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the guitar solo. I, the solo fits the song really well. Like it's not crazy, some crazy acrobatic, you know, boo, 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 boo. Mm -hmm. you know, like it, it fits in the groove mm -hmm. works with the song really well. I enjoyed stone window a lot yep next song is called days of oblivion and um i i love this one a lot <clears throat> and there's a connection i make with this one that i really like and so this one opens it's a little bit different because it's slowed down a little bit it's got some single notes coming out the the drums are mm -hmm. softened and just seem to kind of be for keeping the beat keeping time and I love this idea of unlock the doors. I've lost all the keys and I live in a mansion made up of memories. Mm -hmm. And it, it turns into a positive thing by the end. But to me, this is a very similar concept to Mansion by NF, where he's got all these rooms okay. in his head, where he's got his trauma um, locked in these different rooms. So I, when I heard this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a similar concept and it's really cool. And I thought this song was excellent. Um, really, really liked it. Yeah, I, I feel like the the whole band was kind of on point on this one mm -hmm. and everybody was kind of vibing off of each other and it worked really well. Um, next song, Who Would You Be For Me? Which, what a great message. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I could be the girl for you, but who would you be for me? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, it's yeah. kind of a, a snarky line in a way. And I thought this was a little Mazzy star vibe going on. I think this okay. is where her vocals were kind of ambiance, you know, they, they really okay. set a mood more so than just being like an out front getting after you singer. I thought this yeah. was a real mood setter and it had a really cool groove. I really like this one too. Um, I think after the first four songs, this one is relatively simpler. Um, I don't know mm -hmm. if that, just maybe the acoustic guitar helps with that feel mm -hmm. kind of um, great melody. Like the main melody of the song is really nice. Uh, her vocals are amazing. I, this is, it's just kind of a, a pretty song. And after the first four, I think it's a little, it's different enough that mm -hmm. it gets your attention a little bit in a good way. I, I agree. And I, I said here that I think her voice was the star of this one because mm -hmm. everything was kind of scaled back. Yeah. So cool song. Uh, Suckers. I mentioned that earlier. This was a Silver Sun <laughs> pickups kind of vibe for me. Yeah. But um, I like this one a lot, too. You're going to hear that a lot because once we got past those first two songs, I really dug in and, and dug this quite a bit. And um, this one was a little more rhythmic, had a mm -hmm. cool groove underlying it going through there. And I, I like the shift in the bridge, which was really uh, kind of good on this one. Yeah. So this one, I think 
the guitar again we get the acoustic guitar but i think it, it almost has a little bit of a darker tone mm-hmm. within the song uh which is cool um the guitar work is kind of it's more it, there well aside from the acoustic guitar the electric guitar work is um not so upfront it's kind of you know little noises and kind of little runs and trills and stuff in the background kind of you know little accent touches is kind of cool uh the song kind of changes um it, around the middle and i i didn't really love it after that like from that from mm-hmm. that middle part where it changes to the end carries into the end i didn't love that as much as i did the beginning mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know why i don't know if i just kind of latched onto that darker tone and it kind of moved out of that maybe i i was it ready for that or I wanted it to come back or something? I don't know. But the second half of the song, I kind of checked out a little bit. Okay. Um, what is, oh, nothing is perfect. Nothing is perfect. This is the Seinfeld song. <laughs> it's all about nothing. And it repeats nothing a lot. <laughs> but I, I mean, this is one of those things where I'm, I'm so glad that I, I came back in. And I started to enjoy the music more because I could start looking at the lyrics and digging it. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, my gosh, like nothing is something in this song. It, it's like it's taken this abstract thing of nothing and made it more of a concrete thing that's in front of you. And I thought that was really cool. It's no better musically than a lot of the other songs, but uh, you know, lyrically, I think it's very clever. Yeah, I like this one quite a bit. So, I had a little trouble with this one. Um, this is the third song in a row where we're kind of starting off with the acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. After not really having that, you're going to do it three times in a row. So <laughs> I was like, mm, okay. Oh, you're a hater. And. <laughs> Actually, I didn't love her vocals on part of this. When it went into like the heavily layered kind of affected stuff, I didn't love that. And I don't think it's necessary for her. But I I, I understand they're probably, they, they did that intentionally to get whatever feel they were looking for. But I, I did not love it. I think she's a good enough singer that to bury her in that kind of stuff just is may not be necessary but that's a you know whatever who am i (laughs) would you agree it's the seinfeld song uh i mean sure (laughs) it's a whole show about nothing this is a song song about about nothing so sure (laughs) yes um okay descendants one of my favorite songs on the record yeah and um, this one, we come in, come back to the sound effects, right? We're, we're, we're kind of chill starting off, mm-hmm. builds up an in intensity, which is cool. And then it, it breaks um, like a lot of the songs do. And it has this really cool rhythmic clicking going on in the background that I like. And yeah. um, I, I like this one quite a bit. I enjoyed this song, but I feel like it's almost two different songs tacked together. Hmm, because of that because- break. Yeah, it's really cool, like up tempo, dancey, you know, vibe going on. And I like that a lot. I enjoyed it. And then when it changes, it's also really cool. Like it, the last minute of the song has a really cool groove, but it, it's like 
it almost feels like it's so different. Like it's just kind of tacked on. Hmm. Like okay. it, it's just the last minute of the song. And I'm like, hmm, okay, interesting choice. But it, it's it's good. Both parts are good. But I don't know if they necessarily belong together. Yeah. So I, you know, and we've talked about there have been albums in the past where they've laid Easter eggs and things or they connect things. And so I do love the fact that this song is connected to um, Dream Scroll or Doom Scroller from the first record, which is yeah. the first song, which we both like Doom Scroller a lot. A lot. And, you know, that one's about going down that rabbit hole. You're on the internet, you know, you're yep. the doom scroller, you know, you can't shut it down kind of thing. Yep. And it does connect to this one because this one's all about being afraid of something that you're not becoming something you're not. And so I, I like the, the connection of these two songs thematically. I think it makes excellent sense. And the fact that I really like the song and then it's got that connection just takes it to another level for me. Yeah. So uh, one of my top songs on the record. Probably would be my top, top song if it weren't for the next one, which is a brilliant album closer. I'm going to say it right up front. Go ahead and cry. That's the last song. What do you think? I did not like the song at all. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that after I said that first part. <laughs> <laughs> this one has had such a different, cool 60s, 70s vibe to it. I love this one. Did not like it at all. No, you're a hater. <laughs> and I don't, like you say, it's like a great album closer and... I don't I feel like my judgment on that is clouded by the fact that I didn't like the song. So it's hard for me to it's hard for me to say it's a good closer if I don't like the song. But you know, whatever worked for you. So okay, so picture this. You go through the minutia of the album, right? Everything that we're talking about, COVID complaining, you know, um, talking about nothing, all these different things. And then at the end, Mother Nature's like, oh, doesn't matter. You're insignificant. I'm Mother Nature. Life goes oh. on. It's like it just closes the album like everything before doesn't really matter. I thought that was a nice <sighs> little closing of the book. I guess that's cool. certainly true. But <laughs> <laughs> And the, the cool thing is the first song is Doom Scroller. Like yeah. you're going through, you're getting all obsessed with all these things on the internet. Sure. None of that matters. Like yeah. ultimately in the scheme of things, so. So playing through the 18 songs to get to the end and be like, eh, none of it mattered anyways. <laughs> exactly. So, See, yeah. you got the point. So, and it, but that one totally had a different vibe. So they really went out on a limb to, to do that. And I, I kind of thought that was cool. And it had a really cool bass groove that went underneath all of that. So yeah, I dug that. All right. Um, do you want to score it first? Do you want me to score it first? Um, I can, I don't care. Um, this it's hard because it's not like I said, this is nothing that I would necessarily gravitate to. And I did like the first installment, the first album of this two part album. I liked it better. So I, I, you know, I would probably go three and a quarter, 3.25 out of five. And it's, there's probably not a ton here that I'll revisit. But uh, I, I feel like Metric is one of those bands. I've seen them live twice now. I, they're an amazing live band. Both times that I have seen them, I really enjoyed them, even though you completely forgot you saw them that one time. 
but uh <laughs> it's hard to remember opening bands because you're so jazzed and when i'm getting ready to watch the pumpkins the last thing i'm thinking yeah. about is the opening band so yeah so um but yeah no they're a great live band and uh i probably wouldn't go out of my way to see their show but mm. i i would not be mad if i saw them open up for somebody again i'd like to see them in a place like the hi-fi and indie or something like that That would be cool i think that would be really cool i think that would be fun as well yeah yeah and now that i've I've gone through the record and i've listened to both i mean they really do have for me like a silver sun vibe Mm -hmm. didn't you go see silver sun with us it was Uh, in the not the egyptian room but there was a little room underneath yes uh i did actually that show was uh i think atlas genius opened up for them and we ended up like i met them and got Mm -hmm. a they had a little cd single i get they signed they were super cool Mm -hmm. um and then by the time silver sun pickups came on uh i was having back trouble at that time yeah and and i had to go out and like sit in the lobby or something i had to sit down so i well, was... they had that other band on there that would not stop with the guitar solos that just do you remember that group it was not like really. some nobody band and it was going on forever and ever it made it like it was excruciating listening Funny. to them uh, yeah i'll have to find the name yeah but no so i was there but i mean i i didn't really see them <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're good i really like them and uh i really like this group now um i feel like i've cool made a connection i'm gonna downgrade it from a super high score only because the first two songs to me just sure do it so uh, i'm gonna go probably three five three seven five out cool. of five and what came after that, I really dug. I, I like the vibe. I like the message. And um, she has a great voice. It's yes. not like a, it's not like a Lady Gaga powerful voice, but yeah. it is definitely a mood carrying voice, and mm-hmm. I like that a lot. So I she's, and I will listen to some of these again. Yeah, she's got a pocket. She works really well in. Very cool. Agreed. All right. So next week. Tell us what we're doing Monday. Well, I would, but I feel like I'd be <laughs> lying to everybody because I don't know. Yeah, I know. We got to find some more music for you next week. We will. And we're going to find a good challenge. We're going to post that prior to the show so you guys can all jump in. So, um, yeah, and we, you know, we're talking behind the scenes. We're talking about switching up the format a little. We'll probably be tweaking here over the next few shows and trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. And, you know, whatever. It's you got to right. keep it fresh every once in a while. <laughs> We're going to freshen up. We're going to put some deodorant on the show. We're going to freshen up, be ready to go. And I will be, uh, I'll have a report next week from the Joji show. Nice. Going to see Joji at the United Center on Friday. And then on, I believe it's Sunday. So it'd be probably the day before we do this. Um, I believe is when we're seeing Spider Verse on stage. Okay. And so that'll be cool. And then I think in two weeks after that, I'm going to see the 1975. Please pray for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at, uh, oh, I actually had a show get canceled. We were supposed to go see Joey Belladonna Saturday. And because he has a journey cover band called Beyond Frontiers and singer from my favorite band. I love Journey. Uh, I was, I was all in on that. So. But uh, they canceled the show. It appears because of uh, low ticket sales, which just sucks. 
That does suck. But uh, so we're waiting on a refund for those tickets. But uh, our next show looks to be October 19th. We are going. We have tickets already. So we're going. Um, We're going to the Vogue down in Indy to see Max Sabbath and the Cybertronic Spree. Yeah, that's in three days. Yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. I am. Max Sabbath is fun. Like they're just fun and silly and whatever. But I'm so so excited about seeing the Cybertronic Spree. They, if you don't know, look them up. They're amazing. They're great musicians, but they also perform dressed as Transformers. So <laughs> they're amazing. That's so cool. They're amazing. Yeah, you got to send some pics. Maybe you can get some uh, signatures. <laughs> That yeah. sucks though about your your Belladonna show, and that's what really yeah. stinks to me when I said that about Swifty. And that's no offense to her, but when we have these people that we love that have gifted us with music for a long time, you know those yeah. Anthrax records sold millions and millions of copies, and now the guy can't get a a show sold out, so you can go yeah. and get an autograph. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I mean, uh. it was in Angola, Indiana, which is. And, mm-hmm. you know nothing town like two right. hours away from where we are and some little bar place mm-hmm. i don't even know what it was but yeah had to cancel the show that's so. a bummer yep i was all upset. right <laughs> well we will have reports from our shows and uh maybe Monday, well, we can't have video on here facebook will kick us off. dang it yeah that sucks all right well thanks for viewing this week and uh, don't forget, check us out, Wanderings Wool Gathering on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, and uh, wanderingswoolgathering.com. That's where our shows land, and you can also get some cool articles there. Mr. Monday, we can find you where? Uh, just look up my handle on the show, Metalhead Monday, on Instagram. You'll find me. You'll find him in cat pics. It's amazing. Nothing? I just made fun I of your mean, cat pics. I'm, I'm not going to deny it. I, you know, <laughs> I can't help that my cat is awesome and she's pretty and she loves me. <laughs> uh, and you can find me on my uh, Foggy's Pal. Until next week, we'll see you. Oh, man. Monday, why don't you yell at me? Okay. Maybe next time. <laughs>